0: Mindset Podcast, everybody, and good morning. I have another sit rep for all of you as we've had some what I would call critical developments. In in one regard, there's two things we're gonna talk about today. One regard, it's been very, very recent, although we've knew this we knew this was coming, and the other is just over the past couple of weeks. Uh unfortunately, both involving our esteemed president Biden and his let's just say less than tactful behavior as president, and then also what I would consider to be his extreme agenda in persecution of those who own firearms and support the Second Amendment. So we're going to unpack both those issues and kind of talk about my thoughts and feelings on a couple of things that have been going on, get into what that means for, you know, potentially us as a community, and uh, share my thoughts, share my feelings Maybe make some predictions um, and some suggestions as to you know what what may happen next and what we can do to try and game the outcome of of what may happen next. But before I you know I get on my tirade here, as I'm setting up my my metaphorical soapbox, I want to make sure I say thank you to our supporting sponsors of this podcast, and we're going to start with ActiveCarryTech.com. Guys, head over to ActiveCarryTech.com, check out their Blazer IFAT kit, their Gamma their guardian ankle kit. They have a custom kit builder, all kinds of awesome supplies, parts, pieces, components that you need to build an effective first aid solution. They set you guys up with a discount code PMP10. It's going to knock 10% off of your order. Again, head over to activecarrytech.com, whether it's a tourniquet, it's chest seals, whatever you need, whether it's a pre-built kit or you want to utilize their custom builder kit, active carry's got you all squared away to make sure that if you come across some kind of tragedy, some kind of incident, you need to render medical aid. You have the equipment and the resources necessary to be effective. Head on over to activecarrytech.com. Let Bill and Team hook you guys up. Again, PMP10 saves you 10%. Also, larplabs.com John and his team are working hard to roll out a catalog of very, very high quality computer-cut vinyl wraps. Guys, this is these are 3M vinyls. This is the stuff they use on competitive rock crawlers. It doesn't even have a super high reflective IR signature. It's, it's outstanding, honestly. So if you're somebody who's on the fence about you know painting your rifle, or you have painted your rifle, but you don't want to paint your optic, you don't want to paint your lights because you're worried that something could go wrong. We've all seen the horror stories, right? Head over to larplabs.com, use discount code PREPAREDMINDSET, save 10% off your purchase, get your lights, whether they're handheld or weapon lights, pistol lights, your optics, lasers, PVS-14 even, get your accessories wrapped, in some high quality, heavy duty vinyl. It lasts outdoors for three years. This is great stuff in a variety of camouflages, colors, patterns. Really, really outstanding. Again, LARP discount code prepared mindset. going to save you 10% off. Head over to the website and check out what they're doing. <clears throat> and last, but certainly not least here, I have to say thank you to our friends over at 100 concepts. If you guys haven't seen 100 concepts on social media, they're an awesome company. They rolled out their, light caps earlier this year and just blew up have taken off in a crazy crazy way pretty so- shortly thereafter their light caps turn into a scope cap uh, they're they're very innovative in how they're addressing things like camouflage and signature reduction, which if you guys have seen some of my posts, you know, I'm really, really big on. However, 100concepts.com, check out the light caps, check out the scope caps. They're rolling out things now like helmet scrim and pack scrim, which again, can reduce your signature, can help you with camouflage. They have things like pace beads, their sling hook and had the opportunity to sit down and talk with Jonah on our Patreon and see some of the things that they're working on, some of the prototypes, some of the ideas they have coming down the line. And this is all really, really great, really innovative stuff. Guys, head over to 100concepts.com. Support a great business that's breaking into the industry doing really, really head-turning things. You're really going to love what they're doing. Okay, so let's get into this discussion around everything that's been going on lately. And I think what's on the front of everyone's mind is this um, <clears throat> latest ATF opinion that came out. And if you don't know what that means, what happens every so often is that our our government agency, the, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives, you might hear them called the ATF, the BATFE, um, they will issue opinions. And why this is a a problem, really, is because these are their opinions. They're issued by the leadership of the ATF. And where this becomes problematic is that they're then enforced as law. So do you see what I'm saying, why that's an issue? Because they did not go through a legislative process. No legislative body, the House, the Senate, State House, State Senate, anything. Let's get some coffee here. Uh, None of these... Legislative bodies were involved in this process. This is an issue because that's how our government works. No government agency can just widely issue laws, decrees, memorandums. If you guys remember the lockdowns, right, that's why that was such a big issue is because those were just wide, there was nothing that was passed into law. Oh, but it's for the, the common good. It's for the better good. It's for the good of the public. Which we later found out was not necessarily completely true, at least, I mean, upfront, possibly for the first two weeks that they promised it would be, you know, 14 days to flatten the curve and all that. But uh, you cannot just pass these laws. We have a process here, we have checks and balances here. We all learned about it in school, or at least most of us did. We used to learn about it in school. I don't know if they still actually cover that or if that's not one of those uh, racist ideas that they have worked to strip out of social studies classes. But. <clears throat> At any rate, the ATF issued another opinion letter, and this has been a thing for a while now. We knew this was coming for years, <coughs> um, is that the ATF has been trying to get rid of pistol braces. There were court proceedings in cases a couple of years back about how you couldn't shoulder a pistol brace because that would then convert it on the spot to a SBR or short-barreled rifle. Uh, what the court determination was is your shoulder is actually the outside part of where your arm connects to your your torso, right? Um, and when we talk about shouldering a rifle, should, shouldering a carbine or something, it's actually more often than not it's in your shoulder pocket on like the top of your pectoral. So that's not really your shoulder, it's your pec. So that was, I don't know if that was thrown out or if the, the ruling went against the ATF, but we kind of won that one, we being lawful gun owners. And then we had the Las Vegas shooting incident, the bump stock ban, which is recently overturned and reversed. And now we're here where they're saying that from the date of publication, which I think the widespread assumption is that'll be Monday, which is Monday or Tuesday, probably Tuesday because Monday is a federal holiday. Um, <clears throat> so probably the 17th of January from data publication, we all as lawful owners of AR pistols have 120 days to file an e-form to get a tax stamp to make all of these firearms, all 40 million of these that are in circulation, right, to make these SBRs, or short-barreled rifles. Or if you have one on a shotgun, because that's become a thing lately too, make it an SBS, a short-barreled shotgun. The, The amount of stupidity behind this is almost immeasurable because here's the thing. If you've looked up ballistics at all, and most of us have, but if you haven't, here's some high level knowledge on how ballistics and things like dwell time work in barrels and with with, with projectiles. Um, depending on bullet weight and powder and, and stuff, but it, it, it can vary a little bit. But generally... The shorter the barrel, the lower the performance level of most rounds. Now, there are some that are better suited for short barrels, like three hundred Blackout, but we're going to talk about the 556 round, because that's generally what we see in AR pistols, AR-15s, is the 556 or the 223 Remington, right? So, the ideal barrel length for this, when this round was conceived, and the AR platform was conceived way back in the 50s, <clears throat> so 70 plus years ago, the ideal barrel length was 20 inches. That's how we see these, you know, all these movies on Vietnam and Korea, like right, the first wars that had the AR platform really issued, and you start to see it, right, they're all working with, you know, M16s, okay, so uh, the A2s, they had the, full, the, you know, the full fixed stocks, the 20-inch barrels, the, you know, the triangular handguards and everything. That is the ideal barrel length for this round. And then eventually we move down to 16 inch barrels, which is what a lot of us see in our in our normal off-the-shelf offerings. Because not not because it's short enough to still be super effective, but because that's a little bit more wieldy, right, than 20 inches. You save yourself four inches of barrel length there, a little bit more maneuverable. Um, but because 26 inches of overall length from barrel to tip of the buffer, 26 inches of overall length is the benchmark that manufacturers have to meet. Otherwise, which is, this is, and that's a completely arbitrary measurement. Again, probably defined by leadership who actually have, and this actually did get passed into law. This is not an ATF opinion. Our, you know, arbitrary decision that 26 inches is the reasonable length for something to be considered a rifle. Anything over that is fine. Anything under that, it's either a SBR, short-barreled rifle, or an AOW. Any other weapon. And who the hell knows what the hell any other weapon is? Oh, if it doesn't fall in the confines of short-barrel rifle or rifle, it's an AOW, which is a whole other set of rules and laws. Getting get into convoluted discussions around if you can put a vertical grip, a vertical foregrip on this. Uh, And that's basically the biggest issue with it. Um, So, yes, a lot of people don't like pistol braces because they think it's an infringement that we have to use these in lieu of just being able to use an SBR. And I would agree with you because, like I was saying, the shorter the barrel, the worse the actual um, effectiveness of the round. That's why if you ever looked into, and I, I kind of implore you to look it up just because it's a neat piece of history and as the AR platform is so prolific in shooting and everything that we do, go ahead and look up the history of the Mark 18. There's a reason why those were done at 10.3 inches through you know uh, their production Um, with crane, the role production and testing with crane and Colt and stuff. And it's because anything, you know, you really saw a drastic drop off in performance if you had a barrel shorter than 10.3. So 10.3 to 10.5 is about the shortest we ever see anymore. Um, if you buy like your, your short upper from Palmetto state, it's usually a 10.5 or 11.5. Um, because again, you get too short, you lose performance on a five five, five, six round doesn't do the, the tumbling effect and, and you know, loss of performance and all that. So what's hilarious is the shorter the barrel, technically the less deadly, the less effective this weapon system comes. But then we pivot off of that, or when I say we, I mean our elected leadership or leadership in the ATF more to this point. Oh, well, if it's a short barreled rifle or an AR pistol, then it's, it's concealable. It's deadly. It's dangerous. It's a public danger, which I don't know if that's actually accurate. I don't know how many mass shootings if that's the metric you want to really you know raise the fight on <clears throat> how many uh of these mass casualty incidents have utilized a, a pistol brace now here's here's the additional issue with this is if you make if you follow through this process you know maybe say you're somebody who has wanted to do an sBR anyways and now you have your hundred twenty day window to do it without having to pay the two hundred dollar tax stamp as i understand it that's that's the uh the oh so courteous trade off they're offering is here register your your firearm, which is completely legal, as an NFA item, and we won't charge you the unconstitutional $200 tax stamp for the next four months. But then your information all obviously goes into a database and the government knows where your weapons are. I digress. So here's the trade off there, is that becomes an NFA item. You now have an SBR, you can put a stock on it. Yes. Life is grand. Except not. Here in Michigan, if you guys have been following the pod for a while, I'm you know that I'm trying to secure a location to have uh, some some non-fire classes come in things like maybe the flexible search course from Orion Training things like that right. So it's already difficult enough here in Michigan to secu- to secure quality training, especially in an outdoor facility or an outdoor range. So what many people in Southeast Michigan do is they travel. They go down to Ohio. There's the Alliance Range down there. I know there's a couple guys from the Ann Arbor area that that travel down to uh, Texas to go to the shoot house down there, the ranch down in Texas, and take a CQB class with Orion. A couple examples. Again, now, what I'm getting at is if these are now SBRs, they are NFA items just like a suppressor. And what that requires is that if you're going to cross state lines with an NFA item to be in compliance with the law, you have to call, contact, email, whatever, that government, that municipality, whatever have you, and there's a form you have to file with them and get basically their approval and permission to be in their state with your NFA item for X amount of time for X purpose. And if anybody knows uh, how the government works, which we all have a pretty good idea, you know that the response times are pretty fucking slow. So Uh, if this is something where you're a friend with an instructor and like, Hey man, I know you're just the other side of this, you know, the border here, you want to come in for the class, whatever have you, like I have an open spot and you can jump in whatever. Now you can't because your AR pistol, which you used to be able to travel with because it was a pistol by classification, um, is now an NFA item. So by crossing state lines with it, you're committing a crime. It'd be like bringing your suppressor with you. So what are your options then? Well, if you have a Quote rifle, <clears throat> sixteen inches or you know barrel or twenty six inches overall length and greater, you can only then travel with that. But then additionally, there's more implications there, because as an AR pistol, it's classified as a pistol, just like the Glock that you might carry concealed with you. And because as a pistol, you can carry it concealed, you can carry it loaded on your person, in your vehicle, what have you. Now SB, this is these are there's no AR pistols. It'll be just SBRs and just rifles, which cannot be transported in your vehicle loaded. It's a whole different set of rules, a whole different set of regulations, which are going to further complicate these matters and make more people into criminals simply because they cannot keep up with the ever-changing laws, which actually, scratch that, it's not a law, the ever-changing opinions which are issued by the ATF designed to put the American gun owner in a box, make it even more difficult that it needs to be making it more difficult year after year after year to be a lawful gun owner. This is the same tactic we use in, that, that that lawyers use in court cases is you know to bog the process down with evidence for years and years and just frustrate the opponent into giving up. People will say it's too complicated, it's too convoluted, it's too risky to own an AR pistol because I have a family and I can't risk this because, and I certainly understand that, but you can't just quit and give up because the going got tough. So where do we go from here? What do we do? Well, I'll tell you this morning, I've already reached out to my state, one of my state reps, and both of my state senators. My state rep, I am hopeful that I get a response from. Um, Unfortunately, both my senators are long sitting Democrats and have both sent um, you know, pre-written and poorly worded and condescending responses on my, my outreaches and concerns previously around these gun-related issues because one was in the Navy, so he understands firearms, which is a giant load of horseshit, and the other one grew up in a hunting community, so she values firearms rights, which is an even larger pile of horseshit, and I have very little confidence that they will support this effort. However, when you're reaching out, And you should, everyone listening to this, whether you're in Michigan or not, whether you're in whatever state, because this is a national issue, reach out to your leadership at all levels, multiple times, and frustrate them with the level of feedback and input they're getting, because this is not a firearms issue. The issue here is that no government agency, and this is exactly what I've said to my representatives in leadership, and what I would recommend you say is this is not an issue of firearm safety. This is an issue of legislative process. Being circumvented by a government agency to enforce illegitimate laws and legislation on the American people. Because this never went through a governing body. This never went through the legislative process. No bill was ever proposed on the House or Senate floor. It wasn't voted on. It wasn't passed. It wasn't signed into law. This is not a law. It's an ATF opinion letter. And these opinions have changed so many times. They have waffled back and forth so many times over the years on things like, basically on pistol braces, to the point now that we all kind of wonder, what else does the ATF do? They didn't even have a director for the, for the longest time over the great and overwhelming concern that this, this law enforcement agency, much like the FBI, would be leveraged as a political tool by the sitting administration. And that kind of bounces me over to our next topic with, you know, mention of the FBI is, If you guys recall a couple months back, former President Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago home was raided by the FBI under, uh, they, they had a tip or a lead or something, concerns were raised that he had classified documentation, classified information at his home, which they raided. And I believe they did find some things, I think they... We're able to declassify that information because it wasn't super, super impactful. Um, but it was a huge thing because you never had a former president's home raided before, right? I think the the common understanding is, as a president, you end up taking your work home with you. I mean, the rest of us work regular jobs. Think about when you quit one job and you go to work at another. Ten years down the road, you're cleaning out the attic. You're cleaning out the house. Oh, hey, look, here's a stack of paperwork from that job. Here's a notepad from that job. Here's a padfolio with a bunch of meeting minutes and meeting notes that I sat through, you know, uh, when I used to sell investments, I, you know, I had that, um, I found a bunch of that stuff. I'm like, oh, cool. Hey, look, this is a really nice notebook, notepad. Like it has the other company's name on it. I'll still use it though. Cause it's a notepad and I'm home and I don't care. So you bring stuff with you home from work. <clears throat> we all do. But if you're Donald Trump, that's a problem, huge freaking problem. It's the democracy or the republic as we know it uh, could crumble from within because Donald Trump had documentation at home, right? Now we find out Joe Biden, not at one home, but at two, has highly sensitive classified information that was discovered by his legal team and disclosed and it had to be collected. Now it's a big thing. Where this is <clears throat> concerning is he was, in, I mean, he was the vice president for eight years. There was four years where he was not in government service, and then now he's on year th- coming into year three of his term as president, and there was documentation from his eight years as vice president that was found at his home. Some of the stuff was left out in the garage, they said, with his Corvette, and that's it. Like your garage door, your your locked garage is is apparently secure enough to store highly sensitive and compartment. Compet- Compartmentalized. If I can speak for a minute, uh, information, but it's okay because his is you know Corvette is secure, and he went out and he said that he said that shit in a fucking news conference. Well, it's okay because my Corvette is secure and the information secure. And he can like he can muster barely a sentence, but he could point out that his Corvette is safe. So therefore, the country's information and national secrets must also then be safe, and. You know, uh, you know, Ducey has been uh, in videos that are being shared around the internet. It, you know, kind of, I'll say, badgering the White House press secretary, which I think is is totally warranted for the amount of like lies and bullshit this administration throws out there. You know, on a criticism that was thrown out at the the previous president, at Donald Trump, for how he managed things, and their concerns with him and how like spiteful and hateful they were of everything he did. And now we have all the we have similar behaviors, but but yet so much worse being being conducted by this administration. Let's not even get into the, his son's laptop, all of those issues, the billions of dollars that Biden has sent away to Ukraine because humanitarian aid, humanitarian effort, we have to, right? <clears throat> but we're just supposed to glance by this, right? This is just a non-issue. It's no big deal that Joe Biden has. Who was publicly leading the witch hunt, leading the charge, talking about how despicable Donald Trump was and how dangerous it was that he had this information at his home. The Democratic Party and all of its elected leadership were taking turns at the, the, the national media, telling them how unacceptable and how dangerous it is that, that his home was raided and they found documentation. It's like, yeah, every president would probably have some level of documentation and... Yeah, at some extent, it probably is all classified at one point. But as things become, as time passes and things become less relevant or completely irrelevant, it can be declassified because it no longer matters. Those situations are no longer ongoing, or now it's public knowledge just through a you know a number of events or whatever. Um, It's declassified. Not a big. It's not a big deal, right? But now with President Biden, the sitting president classified information, which you one would assume pertains to ongoing issues and items that could very well be an issue, especially with his like known ties. Like It's been proven. Him and his son have international ties to China and the Middle East <clears throat> and a bunch of shady business dealings. So who knows who he's dealing with and where this information is going, what could happen to it. It could be absolutely nothing. I think it's very important to point that out. This could be an absolute non-issue. However, it's what we can't ignore is how the hypercritical approach that was taken by the Democrats towards Donald Trump for the exact same issue, the exact same infraction, and we're just supposed to turn the cheek. Look the other way. Ignore this. It's not a big deal. Nothing to see here. Nothing to be worried about, folks. No concern. This is okay. Everything's okay. It's all good. Because Jimmy Brandon is America's president. This is the guy that's supposed to bring peace to the whole world while ultimately ended up inciting a war between, you know, Russia and Ukraine and making that all all of that shit worse and weakening, you know, our foreign policy and pulling us out of Afghanistan and kowtowing to the Taliban. Uh, uh, by the way, all things that didn't happen with Donald Trump. But but Trump's terrible. He's a danger to the nation. He's you know, he's a bad dude. Right. Is that what it, That's what uh, Biden says all the time. He's a real bad dude. You know, uh, like Corn Pop and that ridiculous fucking story he told on the campaign trail about some guy that he rolled with or or, or laid out or punched back in like the fucking 50s when they were kids, uh, since Biden's been in, in politics since the early 70s. Um, it's just, you know, <clears throat> these are the kinds of things that, that upset me. Because we look at these issues with the ATF. We look at these issues with our elected president. We look at these issues with our elected leadership in mass, largely, not all of them, because I think there are some, there are some leaders, uh, who are doing a good job and are very much in support of the American people. Um, I just think that there's a lot more that aren't right now. Um, and we look at this and we have people in this community bitching and moaning and groaning about all this stuff. Oh, this and that, oh, that, and the pistol brace and screw the government and all that stuff. And like, Hey man, cool. Like that's it's your right to feel that way Um, and some of this is really frustrating and obviously very very unfortunate that it's going on right But how did we get here? I'll say it again. I said it on I think on instagram live. I've said it in other podcast episodes I'll i'll continue to say it You need to get out and fucking vote That we are a democratic republic we have an election every other year here, either a midterm election or an, an election, whatever, and we elect new leadership. If your ass does not show up at the fucking poll, you cannot voice your opinion. And while it used to be enough to just say, well, then you can't, well, then you can't bitch about what's going on because you didn't vote. And people are like, yeah, it's okay. I accept that. I deal with it. It's whatever. It's not whatever. It's not. Because this is how we end up in positions like this. We ended up in a Democratic-led administration that installed an idiot as the director of the ATF, albeit, yeah, great. Like, David Chipman didn't get in. Like, things would have been a hell of a lot worse with that moron running the ATF. And if you guys don't know who he is, look his ass up and look up everything he was involved with, the incident, the siege at Waco and the innocent people that died there because of, you know, like, negligent actions taken by law enforcement agencies. I, try to, I be, try to be very supportive of all of our law enforcement agencies. I consider myself someone who backs the blue. I do. That's my belief. Call me a bootlicker. Call me whatever you want. But that that incident there was something that it'll be a stain on our country's history for a very, very long, long time. And he was one of the people directly involved with it. But I digress. <clears throat> These people do not show up to vote. You know, I had a very, I've had very heavy conversations with people. I don't want to get, I refuse to validate people, evil people in power. I refuse to further empower evil people in leadership roles. And it's like, cool, man, you can, you know, or, people you know, I just, I don't give a shit. Some people just, some people just don't even sugarcoat it. I don't give a fuck. Well, and okay, um, that doesn't make any sense to me because this is the country we live in. This is your home. That's like saying, Hey, the siding's falling off my house. I'm not going to do anything about it. Fuck it. I don't care. Like, yeah, I, I would hate having to deal with it too, but it's your home. This is our home. This is our country. We're Americans. You have to stand up for these kinds of things. You have to be aware of what's going on. You can't just fly on autopilot and expect that everything's going to be okay because somebody else will take care of it. That's, a, that's the way a child sees the world. Somebody else will take care of it. Someone else will take care of it. As a kid, that's what you did. You'd spill your juice and walk away. You'd leave the, the door to the refrigerator you know, open. Eh, that's okay. I thought I closed it, but someone else will get it. It's fine. You drop your dirty laundry on the way down to the laundry room. Eh, somebody will pick it up. That's not, that's not how it works. As, an, as adults, that's not how the world works. And we certainly can't allow it with things as important as legislation and elected leadership. Because elected leadership then steer the direction of the country. And look where we're at, folks. The economy's in the shitter. you got people like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez going on talk shows talking about how the economy and inflation going through the fucking roof is not because of government policies. It's not because of government. It's because of Wall Street policies. Guys, as somebody who works in finance, I can honestly tell you that Wall Street policies for the most part, with the exception of maybe the housing crisis uh, that was back in 2009, Wall Street, quote, doesn't, Wall, Wall Street doesn't make policies. They make business decisions. We have to operate and enact and conduct business within those policies set by the government. Look up banking. Look up all the legislation around banking, the Fair Banking Act, like, all this stuff, any money laundering, all these laws and things that are put in place because for years we've let Democratic leadership say it's the bank's fault. Go talk to your favorite liberal; they'll tell you, "Oh, banks are the, banks are the enemy. Banks are evil. Credit unions are great. Credit unions are no better. They're really not." Like, look, at, like do some some deep research on it. Credit unions, in a lot of way, can be worse for some different reasons. I'm not going to get into that. It's not what this podcast is about, but I have my own feelings on it. But to sit there and we, and we, those are the people that we elect in the leadership positions and then reelect. And honestly, once you get t- past that second, maybe that second election, that's the hardest one. Getting elected is hard. The hardest one is getting reelected the first time. Look at Madison Cawthorn, right? And then that third election, everything from there gets easier because you're an established name. You're a household name. Just like what happens here in Michigan, Gary Peters and Debbie Stabenow have been our senators as long as I can remember. Like fucking forever. And they're just never leaving because the gravy train is rolling and they're just going to keep on riding. So, guys, a lot of important stuff going on. Again, you know, I cannot I cannot overstate how important it is that you reach out to your elected leadership. And you let them know that this is just a gross overstep by a government agency. It has nothing to do with gun safety and everything to do with judicial process, with legislative process, and how the government runs. If they want gun control passed, there is a way to get it done, and that is through uh, the introduction of a bill and through a vote. Guess why it didn't go that route? Because they can't get it passed because the people elected leadership that, that are against it, because the people don't want it. We need economic relief. We need to stop sending billions of dollars to other countries. We need a bag of chips to not cost $5 here. We need grocery stores with stocked shelves. There are so many issues that we're dealing with and combating coming out of the COVID issues, the pandemic, supply chain problems. We're dealing with so many of those problems still as a country, as a nation. And yet this is what we're focusing on. Don't look at President Biden. Don't look at the fact that he's spilling, you know, classified secrets all over all of his residences for whoever to see. And we're just supposed to turn a blind eye and let the ATF tell us that, you know, the Second Amendment doesn't actually matter. And we're just, you can have your Second Amendment, but we're going to keep changing the rules to make it harder for you to play the game. You have, Here's something I learned when I was doing music years and years and years ago as a performer. We would design a show, learn music, learn drill, all that stuff, put it all together. And you'd compete with other groups that did this. And you always try to figure out how come some groups that win win because their shows were just so much better and cooler. And like how there were just certain things. And something one of the instructors said was, and I've never forgot this because it was, it made me think, and it was very profound. You have to play the game to win the game. And it's like, well, duh, you know, if you want to win the game, you have to be playing. Right. But no, no, you have to play the game to win the game. You have to contact your leadership You have to share your voice. You have to share your opinion. You have to bug these people. You have to let them know that their voting constituents, the people that keep them in office, right, want this to be a certain way. You have to let them know. And then you got to show up at the fucking polls and you got to follow through. You have to make your voice heard. You have to be a responsible citizen. You have to play the game to win the game. If you just think that it's it's good enough, well pistol braces are stupid, so I don't care. Yeah, well so are fucking bump stocks, but you know what? It's not the point. The point is is it opens a legislative door and sets legal precedent to further strip away additional rights without legislative process, without due process. It allows a government agency to just nonchalantly make the rules up as they go and game the system. We can't let that happen, folks. We absolutely cannot accept that. Can't happen. Shouldn't happen. And if we all do our part, we can make sure that it doesn't. But if you're listening to this and you're saying to yourself, I'm not going to reach out, they're not going to answer, I'm not going to reach out, somebody else will do it, I'm not going to donate to whatever action campaign, somebody else will do it, that is the absolute wrong way to approach this. It is the absolute wrong way. Because waiting for somebody else to take care of it, like I said, is the way a child thinks, the way a child behaves and the way a child lives. It's time to take control it's time to be a proactive part of the solution get off the sidelines rant over I hope this was insightful for you guys. Uh, I hope it provided some degree of understanding and I hope you all go reach out to your senators your state reps and you guys get the ball rolling on whatever we can get our reps involved. I know there's several action cam- campaigns and you know uh, you know gun policy and stuff. That are pro- that are probably going to raise lawsuits and try to get a stay on this because it's one hundred and twelve percent illegal, especially in the wake of the gun ban or the the bump stock ban being, uh, you know, brought down because it was illegitimate and unconstitutional. Um, so if we fight this, we can win this very easily. There's there's extremely recent precedent to help support our side, but if we don't push, if we don't make an argument, if we don't fight for this, then we will lose. That's all I got. That's that's everything for me, guys. I don't even know what else to say. It's super frustrating. It's very upsetting. Uh, and I you know I hope it's upsetting for all of you as well, whether you like pistol braces or not, because what comes next? What comes next? There's already states, oh, 10 rounds or less is all you can have in a magazine. There's some states right now trying to push for a ban on all semi-automatic, semi-automatic weapons. You guys, we have to fight the fight. You got to play the game to win the game. All for me, folks. Until later this week, when we get our next episode out, hope you guys are gonna. You guys, I know you guys are gonna enjoy that one. Until then, get out there, do your research, contact your representatives, and like we always say here, work hard, train smarter, and be prepared.